This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim ma'alik yawmiddin. Allahumma lakal hamdu ilaykal mushtaka wa bika thiqatu alayka tukulana wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. Rabbi shrah li sudri wa yassir li amri wa hul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأن تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه من اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين إن شاء الله تعالى a few announcements number one uh, the tafsir class that we used to do on Wednesdays has officially moved to Thursdays so uh, the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah will be happening every Thursday the halaqa of Qur'an will be on Friday. So just on Friday for now, the Qur'an halaqa will be Yawmul Jumu'ah, insha'Allah ta'ala. There's other announcements and other lessons that will be starting. I encourage everyone here to either join the broadcast list where you get updated on information as it relates to the programs in the masjid or um, follow us on social media. Both of those, insha'Allah ta'ala, you will be able to uh, get that information. So, from now on, our durus will be on on uh, uh, Thursdays. طيب. Surah Al-Baqarah, we were at قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ قُلْ فِيهِمَا إِثْمٌ كَبِيرٌ وَمَنَافِعُ لِلنَّاسِ وَإِثْمُهُمَا أَكْبَرُ مِنْ نَفْعِهِمَا وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ مَاذَا يُنْفِقُونَ قُلِ اللَّعَفُ كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَفَكَّرُونَ um, We mentioned uh, a narration where Ibn Abbas mentioned that the Sahaba would ask the Prophet questions sometimes and each one of these questions was one that was pertaining to their religion, to their life, that was beneficial. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered them. So when you see yes'alunaka, it is uh, the people that are asking the question or the companions. The people that are asking the question or the companions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes'alunaka anil khamri wal maysir. O Muhammad, they ask you concerning alcoholic drinks and gambling. So the Sahaba are asking the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "What is the ruling on alcohol and what is the ruling on gambling?" Allah subhanahu wa taala answered and says, "Qul say, because halal and haram is decided by Allah." The Sahaba wants to know is khamr halal or haram. They want to know is gambling haram or halal. They ask the Prophet. Allah answers. Because the one who declares haram and halal is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does Allah say regarding alcohol and gambling? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فِيهِمَا إِثْمٌ كَبِيرٌ In them is a great sin. That should be it, right? خلاص. It's a great sin. That means no one should drink it and no one should, should be involved in gambling. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and there is also some benefits for men, for, for mankind. So there is some benefit as well. So alcohol and gambling, there is great sin in it, but it also has some benefit. 
وَإِثْمُهُمَا أَكْبَرُ مِنْ نَفْعِهِمَا But a sin in them is greater than any benefit that they have. This ayah, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about alcohol and gambling. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares that they are, there is sin in them, but there's also some benefit in them as well. Is this the ayah that categorically uh, prohibited alcohol? No, it is not. What you learn, this is a very important principle to understand. There is a narration from Aisha radiallahu where she said, when the Quran was first revealed to the Prophet, early Mecca, the Quran was revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa If the Prophet sallallahu would have said, alcohol is haram, this is haram, the people would have said, the people meaning the followers, the companions would have said, we will never stop drinking it. Because their iman was not built to completely get rid of a habit that they've been doing for decades. So, Allah worked on their faith and their iman. And then, at a time where they were ready to commit everything for this deen, their wealth, their lives, everything, the prohibitions came. And this shows you Allah knows us better than ourselves. And there was a gradual prohibition of alcohol. Now, the, the use of gradual prohibition or getting rid of something gradually was done as it relates to the do's and don'ts. But it was not done as it relates to the beliefs. At no point did Allah say in the Quran or did the Prophet say, okay, let's wean you off of shirk slowly. You know, you worship 10 idols now, move to 5, then 2, then 3, then 1, then 0. No, no, it wasn't like this. When it comes to aqidah, you have to immediately adopt the right aqidah. But when it comes to the haram and the halal, it was a gradual change. Not all of the uh, prohibitions were done immediately, and not all of the uh, uh, commandments were done, put on the people immediately, because with that they wouldn't have been able to do it. And you also learn something there. That to be able to carry out the commandments and to stay away and abstain from the prohibitions, you need to have a strong foundation of iman. That will push you towards the good and push you away from the bad. So if you're someone that is struggling with a sin, then know that there is a foundation that needs to be built. That will aid you in stopping that sin. So someone is now, let's say we know someone that is struggling with drinking. And they want to stop drinking. Now, they can say, uh, like they say, call Turkey, خلاص, I'm going to stop drinking. Which is great, if they can do that, they should. Right? But why are they drinking? Uh, most of the time, someone that is spending a lot of time in the bar, or getting, they're probably not praying. You will rarely find someone that is under five salahs and also also drinks. Someone that prays, uh, pays a lot of sadaqah and comes to the masjid and also drinks, right? These things usually don't mix. So, someone that is involved in haram, one of the ways that gets you out of it is to do a lot of good deeds. To do a lot of khair. This helps you. Allah mentions that the prayer stops us from sinning. So, it's important that we understand the importance of building a strong foundation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they ask you about khamar and maysir. Now, um, Allah mentions khamar six times in the Quran. 
And you can actually read the ayats and how the, the, the prohibition came. There's four ayats that discuss alcohol uh, um, and, and its levels of prohibition. The first one in Surah Al-Nahl, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that uh, from the thamarat and from the fruits are those that يُتَتَّخِذُونَ مِنْهُ سَكَرًا وَرِزْقًا hasana. You take from them, such as the inab, the, 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 the grapes, you use them as a form of alcohol. Sakaran وَرِزْقًا hasana And a good provision. So here Allah discusses alcohol without prohibiting it. Meaning, among the uses of the fruits Allah has created, is using them as, as alcohol. When you read this ayah, it doesn't tell you it's, it's prohibited. Right? Meaning this ayah was one of the ayats that showed that at one point it was halal for them to drink. Are you guys with me? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed uh, the ayah where Allah mentions this ayah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions وَإِثْمُهُمَا أَكْبَرُ مِن نَفْعِهِمَا That the sin involved in drinking is more than any benefits you can gain from it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited the drinking of alcohol around prayer times. لا تقربوا الصلاة Do not go near the prayer. وَأَنْتُمْ سُكَارَى While you are intoxicated. How many prayers a day do we have? At least what? Five daily prayers. So you want to go to Fajr, you can't go intoxicated. Which means you can't drink before Fajr. Right? You want to go to Dhuhr, you can't be intoxicated. So you have to... Right? And then you, if you want to go Asr, Maghrib, all of a sudden what happened? The times you can drink have been what? Has been limited. And this, again, this is the hikmah, the wisdom. So now, the times they could drink was limited. So the harm was also limited. And then finally, Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Ma'idah, that, Stay away from it completely. And this was when it was prohibited. So these are the stages that alcohol... Uh, went through from being something that is allowed to being something that is mentioned it has more sin than good for then that they couldn't do it when they were attending the prayer and then finally it was made haram we learned many lessons from that including that the importance of gradual change right let's say you're someone that's struggling with your salah and then Ramadan comes and Iman is high I'm going to pray Qiyam and I'm going to read 10 juz a day you do too much Allah loves in this hadith of Prophet ﷺ, that which you do a little but consistent. So gradual change usually lasts longer as well. And this is why uh, this was employ, uh, used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as it relates to the prohibition of alcohol. Um, the backstory or so in of this ayah is that Umar al-Khattab anhu and Mu'ad bin Jabal and other companions came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, Ya Rasulullah, aftina fil khamri. Um, give us a fatwa or an answer around alcohol. It takes away the intellect and the mind and also our wealth. So we're losing our minds and our money. That's what I call us, right? You spend a lot of money on it. And when you, and you get intoxicated, it's horrible. So this is when the ayah came down. Some scholars say that this ayah actually itself tells you that it is haram. But the more sound opinion is that this ayah was um, building the stage for the eventual prohibition. Teaching us, listen, it's better for you to stay away from it because whatever benefit it has is outweighed by all the harm in it. Um, what is khamar? Khamar, the word khamar. The Arabic language is beautiful. Have you heard 
who can tell me what the khimar is? Khimar. What? No, no, that's, that's khimar, with a qaf. Khimar. What the woman wear to cover. What a woman wears, she wears a, a khimar. That's what it's called to cover, right? The head covering or the, the covering of a woman is called a khimar. Now, why is it called a covering? Because it covers her head. Why is alcohol called khamar? Because it covers the mind. It covers the mind, meaning uh, it's, it's that which envelops your mind to the point where you don't know what you're doing. This is why khamar, ma kham, al khamru kullu ma khamar al aqal. Intoxicants are all that envelop and hide the intellect and the sound mind of the person. So anything that intoxicates you to the point where you don't know what you're doing is khamar. So a lot of drugs would enter into this category as well. So don't only assume it's a beverage. Right? Anything that does the same job would be considered a, a an intoxicant and it would be prohibited. Um, so that's what, what, what khamar is. They asked about khamar and they also asked about maysir. The other thing about khamar is, uh, before, I, before I continue with the maysir and explain gambling, is that it is one of those sins that caused causes so much harm, right? Uh, what is the sin in it that the ayah is referring to? Because Allah said there is sin in it and there's benefit in it and the sin outweighs the benefit. What is the sin in it? The sin in khamar is number one that it makes, it, it, it is uh, most people that are intoxicated fall into zina, right? A lot of times when you see people that are, that they, this is why, uh, what happens in clubs? People drink, and then the inhibitions, they get loosened. They are uh, easier to, to say yes. They will make dumb decisions. And they'll end up committing zina, which would happen to the Arabs as well. And it still happens today. The person will uh, do the most ridiculous things. And they will do a lot of sinful things. Right? Most of people, when they are intoxicated, they have no idea what they're doing. They will take their clothes off. They will run around. They will do dangerous things. They will drive and kill people without knowing. A lot of crimes happen while people are intoxicated. All of this is as a result of this drinking. So all of these sins happen uh, in this place. People become oppressive. People become dangerous. These are all... Uh, this is why worldwide, every year, there is uh, about 3 million people that, 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 that die because of, um, because of uh, alcohol. Can you imagine? Three million people in the year, all over the world, dying because of alcohol. And uh, how many diseases it costs? More than 50 diseases uh, can be traced back to, to the drinking and the consuming of alcohol. This is why, my brothers, wallahi, humanity needs guidance from Allah. Humanity needs guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know the, uh, uh, I think I gave the example before, as it relates to appreciating Islam. In the 1930s, the prohibition era. The American government wanted to ban alcohol. Why? Why did they want to ban alcohol? Because they knew it was a problem in society. They knew it was a, a health disaster, a safety a problem. It, 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 the people need to stop drinking. So what did they do? Common sense, they banned it. But there was no iman. There was no foundation. People were not convinced of it. It wasn't an act of worship. So what did they do? They started uh, producing alcohol in their homes. And this is when the whole uh, 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 gangster 
that would create alcohol and smuggle it all over the country, people were drinking and drinking illegally, making it illegally. So people saw, and then over time, they realized, listen, this cannot be controlled. The politicians themselves started drinking it, and they had to legalize it again. Are you guys with me? Why is it that their plan didn't work? You had a plan to ban alcohol. Why couldn't you do it? Because the people were, were, were not convinced of it. Why were they not convinced of it? Because it wasn't, it wasn't a matter of faith. It was a matter of just law. And if we end up judging ourselves between what we decide, if I believe that you're the one that's writing the laws, I don't think you're smarter than me. I don't think you're better than me. How are you going to tell me what's right and what's wrong? I'm going to rise up against you. But if I believe it is my creator telling me, what can I do about that? It's an easier thing to, to, to accept, right? What happened when alcohol was banned during the time of the Sahaba? What happened? Anatoly Malik tells a story where he, the ayah came down that alcohol is haram. The ayah came that alcohol is haram. And then they ran around the city telling people. And Anas said, I was pouring alcohol to someone. And then the ayah came down and what did they do? Khalas, these people understood. If Allah tells me to do something, I have no choice in the matter. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرٌ أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ If Allah and His Messenger decree something, it is not befitting for a believing man and a believing woman. If Allah declares something, decrees something, that they have a choice in the matter. My Creator says so, عَلَى الرَّأْسِ وَالْعَيْنِ سَمْعًا وَطَاعًا We hear and we obey. And guess what they did? They started pouring so much alcohol away. Or everyone just pouring it away. The streets were flowing with alcohol. Why was it so easy for the Prophet in Medina to ban something and so difficult in the 1930s in America? What's the difference? Faith, iman, belief. This is a powerful force and, the, and humanity is in desperate need of that. In it is great sin. Uthman bin Affan used to call alcohol Umul Khabai, the mother of all evil. The mother of all evil. Because often one would kill someone while intoxicated, made do zina while intoxicated, um, and the most craziest and dumbest things while intoxicated. So he used to call it the Umul Khabai, the mother of all evil, and the mother of all sin. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't only talk about alcohol in this ayah, but also maysir. Also, maysir. Maysir is gambling. Gambling is haram. What is gambling? Gambling or maysir, maysir comes from the word ease. Min al-yusr, ease. That which comes to you easy. General principle is, whenever you, uh, uh, you willingly put your money into something, and there's a chance that you may lose it, and a chance that you may uh, gain something, and this is not for profit, but by chance. So you put your money up for something. All right. Um, I'm going to put five pound down and uh, you're going to put five pound down and these two people are going to race and whoever wins takes the money. This is, not, this is Maysir. And there were different versions of it. There's different versions of it. But any type of gambling that money is involved where you may gain money or lose your money and it's all based on chance and chance alone is called Maysir. Does that make sense? Right? Let's flip a coin. If it heads... I get five pound. If it's tails, you get five pound. What's that? Maysir. That's not allowed. Are you guys with me? And the reason is, 
that uh, we this, this is an this is an exploitative way to take people's money, right? Now gambling companies and you know all these games look up how much people how much money people lose because of gambling. Allah, you'll be surprised. People go bankrupt because of gambling, right? Now, the, what do you think? What do you think? A person that went bankrupt put his house up, got addicted to gambling. Do you think he would? He, wouldn't he wish that there was a state that applied prophetic guidance and stopped him from losing all that money? Wouldn't he wish that, rather than a state that exploited him, encouraged him, gamble wisely? That's, that's what they say. Gamble wisely, right? This is exploitative, right? And this is, uh, I'll tell you guys something, right? This is the problem with freedom. When people are given freedom to do anything they want without restriction, you get this problem, right? By the way, every society understands that there should be some restrictions on freedom. Every society, there's no society that doesn't restrict freedom, right? You have red lights that restricts your freedom to move your car at that time, right? But it's for the greater, greater good, right? There are certain laws and, and, and uh, for everyone. But the difference between prophetic guidance, the difference between Islam and man-made laws is, Islam is out there to take care of you. Islam is out there to take care of you. The proof is in the pudding. Islam, it is wajib for the rich to take care of the poor. So if you're poor, the religion of Islam mandated that the poor take care of you. Zakat is going to be taken from them. And then heavily encouraged what? Sadaqah. So, it, it teaches you that, uh, uh, so, uh, whereas when people make laws, a lot of time, it's in their benefit. This is why the elite benefit. Literally, there's an ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَيْلَا يَكُونَ دُولَةً بَيْنَ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ مِنْكُمْ So that the wealth does not circulate only among the rich. Allah teaches in the Quran that from the objectives of charity and sadaqah is that the wealth does not circulate around the rich. We have systems in place that ensures the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer. Those poor people, wouldn't they wish that there was a state that took care of them? Again, you guys understand where I'm coming from, the world is in desperate need of Islam. And we need to convey this message. Whenever we get a chance, they need this book. This is the manual of life. Allah gave it to us. Hudan lil-muttaqeen. It guides us to the pious. It guides to that which is upright. This is why it makes sense that alcohol is prohibited. Look at how much harm it causes. We can save three million people. All those women that have been abused by their husbands because he was drunk. All those broken ribs and those hospital visits. All those people that lost their children and their families because of a drunk driver. All those people that are in the hospital because of cancer and what happened to their livers destroyed. All those people that made bad decisions because they were drunk. Your skull is fractured because you, you, were, you, you, you had a fight with six people because you were drunk. All of this could have been prevented. But society doesn't care. Does it? This is why the ummah needs guidance. It's important that we understand that. And we should thank Allah that we have it. Wallahi, we should thank Allah that we have it. يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسِرِ قُلْ فِيهِمَا إِثْمٌ كَبِيرٌ In both of them there is great sin. النَّاسِ And there is some benefit for mankind. What is the benefit that you can potentially gain from alcohol or gambling? What are the benefits that has been? Some ulama said the benefits of alcohol included 
that, that is being alluded to here is that it had some benefit that when they were in battle, the, the, the coward would become brave after he drinks. And the greedy person would, give, would be more charitable and jolly when he drinks. So these were some of the benefits. And some ulama said, the benefit that's been talked about here is, uh, is uh, the, uh, the monetary benefit, that they were able to sell it and then get money out of it. Does that make sense? So that, so there is some, there is, uh, rarely do you find something that has a zero uh, benefit. One could say, you know, the local drug dealer will say, listen, I know drugs are bad, but I benefit from it. I make this much money every week. That's some benefit, isn't it? Technically, he's not wrong. There is some benefit in it, but the harm clearly outweighs it. He's ruining his akhirah and the lives of many young people and people that are involved in it. So what does your, so, uh, and, and a lot of ulama, they say, the benefit here is just means money. All of this harm for money. Yes. You know, Heineken is making a lot of money. But at what cost? At what cost? The drug dealer is making a lot of money. But at what cost? The gambling companies are making a lot of money. But at what cost? Right? And this is when, this is again, it teaches us that we as Muslims, we value more than just money. Does that make sense? So, there may be some benefit in it, but the sin, the debts it creates, the problems it creates, the harm it creates, is greater than any benefit that it can bring. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, one of the evidences to suggest that the manafi' is money, is qawluhu ta'ala, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ مَاذَا يُنْفِقُونَ And they will ask you what they ought to spend, what should they spend. And the ulama say, this came as a question, well we have all this money, you told us not to gamble. You told us not to drink. What should we do with the money? Fair question? Fair question. What does Allah say? Say that which is beyond your needs, i.e. beyond your needs, you should give away in sadaqah. Does that make sense? So give it away in charity. Rather than your money becoming that which adds harm to society by engaging in the drinking of alcohol, the buying and selling of it, by engaging in gambling and losing your money and your family's money or making other people lose their money. Rather than doing that, be a source of good. If you have extra, give it in charity. Help other people. This is the Islamic way. And they ask you, what they should spend or how they should spend. Say that which is beyond your need, spend it. كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ and thus Allah makes clear, لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ to you His laws and ayat. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَفَكَّرُونَ In order that you may think and ponder. Allah has clarified for you the harm, the benefit, the problems. These are all for you to ponder. فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ To this world in life and in the hereafter. And they ask you concerning the orphans. So, so far, how many questions did we have? The first question, They ask you about alcohol. Second question was, They ask you about gambling. Third question, They ask you what they should spend or how they should spend. Uh, and then now another question about the orphans. Why, why are we discussing? What do all of these have in common? The common denominator in all of these is money. Right? They're asking you alcohol, which they are spending a lot on. They're asking you about gambling, and they're losing a lot of money or gaining a lot of money in a harmful way. They're asking you about how they should spend it. 
and they're asking you about the orphans whose money they were in control of, how to uh, 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 utilize it or, or, or the lack thereof. So the common thread through all of these is how we manage our money and the, the ethics behind it. The ethics behind it. And it's important as Muslims to understand that Allah encourages us to do tijara, to, to, to profit, to, to gain wealth, but it's always to serve the community and to serve your akhirah. Does that make sense? Tayyip. Uh, let's go back to the ayahs. Arunaka anil khamari wal maysir. They ask you, O Muhammad, concerning alcoholic drinks and gambling. Say, in them is great sin and some benefits for men. Wa ithmuhuma akbaru min nafa'ihima. But the sin of them is greater than their benefit. Wa yas'alunaka maada yunfiqu. And they ask you that which they should spend. Say, say to them that which is beyond your need spend it in the way of Allah كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمُ الْآيَاتِ and Allah makes clear his ayat for you لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَفَكَرُونَ so that you may think and ponder the purpose of these ayat is to think and ponder over them you read this ayah and you ponder over how clear Allah has made it for us and how much society would benefit if they applied these laws Versus how much harm there's out there today. Wallahi, those two things. The, uh, the five, one of the five great evils, two, two of the five great evils in society. Uh, uh, the alcohol, gambling, uh, and, and of course drugs and alcohol, gambling, interest is another one. Look, these are the things that are destroying society. Um, right? Zina is destroying society. How many kids uh, would have been born by being aborted because they have been born out of wedlock. How many diseases are being spread because of zina? How many problems are are, are happening? How many families are being broken? So many uh, the the the, um, the ills of society, right, uh, is because of these sins. And those sins are the ones Allah warned us against and gave us halal alternatives for as well, right? Um, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us. Uh, in dunya and akhirah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says Fi dunya wal akhirah So you should ponder over the dunya and the akhirah Wa yas'alunaka anil yatama And they ask you concerning the orphans An orphan in Islam, a yatim Is a child, a fatherless child A fatherless child is an orphan And a, the word child Underlined that a few times Why? Because if the child reaches puberty It ceases to be an orphan so, a 20-year-old man without a father is technically, Islamically, not considered a, an orphan. So, orphans are the ones who are under the age of puberty that have lost their fathers, right? Their fathers. Why the fathers, not the mothers? It's because the fathers are their main source of, of income, right? Uh, lahum khayr. The, the question about the orphans here was uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayat in Surah An-Nisa and other places where Allah mentions uh, Do not go near the, the wealth of the orphan. Again, it, she teaches, look, our religion, there are so many ayat dedicated to the orphans, right? So many ayat dedicated to the orphans. Right? Um, the, the importance of taking care of them, uh, clothing them. Uh, ensuring that they're okay, building places for them to live, replacing what they have lost by losing their fathers, 
So many ayat. And then there are so many prohibitions around orphans. Right? You cannot abuse their wealth. You cannot take advantage of them. And this ayah particularly is dedicated to those who had orphans that they were in charge of. Orphans that they were in charge of. And these orphans, their father passed away and they inherited some money. But they are too young to invest that money. They are too young to take care of that money. And then their caretakers would be in possession of that money. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited the usage and the benefit of that money in other ayat. So some of the sahaba who had children that were orphans under their care, didn't know what to do. Okay, my child, he has this wealth. It could be gold, it could be silver, it could be livestock, it could be something. This young orphan has all this wealth. I also have the other wealth, and sometimes it will all be mixed together. And they would invest it, or they would trade it, and... The question was, as the caretaker of the orphan, what can I do with his wealth? Can I make decisions uh, on his behalf? Can I invest it? Can I try and uh, make a profit off of it? Or is it, don't touch it, preserve it as it is? What are the do's and don'ts as it relates to that? Does everyone understand the scenario and the question? طيب. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? قُلْ إِصْلَاحٌ لَهُمْ خَيْرٌ The best thing is to work with islah, honesty, and, and, and goodwill to with their property. Be someone that is rectifying, someone that is benefiting. Right? This is the, almost like the ethics behind it. It's not necessarily a do or a don't, but be someone that is in it for the benefit of the young child, the young girl, the young boy, not for your own. وَإِن تُخَالِطُوهُمْ and if you mix your affairs with theirs, you mix your wealth, right? فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ They are your brothers. Meaning, that's okay. That's okay. وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ الْمُفْسِدَ مِنَ الْمُصْلِحِ And Allah knows the mufsid, the wrongdoer, from the muslih, the one that's doing right by them. So in other words, yes, you could say, you know what, I'm doing this for the benefit of the orphans. I'm doing it... Allah knows your intention. This ayah, subhanAllah. So, can you mix your wealth with theirs and try and... Yes. But what is the rule? You have to be doing it from an islah perspective. You want to want the best for them. Then it's allowed. But with, what's the rule? Be careful because Allah knows what's in your heart. Allah knows your intentions. Allah knows what you want. Is that clear? Wallahu ya'alamu al-mufsida min al-muslih. And if Allah wanted to, Allah could have made it difficult for you. Allah could have made it difficult for us and said, no, complete separations. You know, you can't touch their forks. You can't go near their gold or their nothing. Don't even touch them. Don't even look at it. Allah could have made the rules very strict. But Allah made it easy on us. So, you have orphans under your care. There is some maneuverability around dealing with their money. As long as you're not consuming it, that's haram. But if you're planning and building for their future, then you are allowed to make good decisions that are in their interest for them, right? If they are very, very young. Does that make sense? But it's a very slippery slope. And Allah says, those that consume the wealth of the orphans, إِنَّمَا يَأْكُلُونَ فِي بُطُونِهِمْ نَارًا اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ لَا حَوْلَ لَا قُوتِ اللَّهِ بِاللَّهِ لَا حَوْلَ لَا قُوتِ اللَّهِ بِاللَّهِ they are consuming fire in their, in their stomachs. May Allah protect us. So, you see how serious the issue of orphans is. 
and how serious Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about them. And but, but taking care of them is a great responsibility. And the Prophet said, I, meaning the Prophet himself, and the one who takes care, feeds, clothes, raises the orphan, sponsors them, we are like this in the Yom, in, in Jannah. That's how close you are to the Prophet ﷺ in Jannah. It shows you, again, subhanAllah, our beautiful faith is one that is there to take care of the poor, the needy, the one. That is Islam. This is Islam. Wallahi, uh, it's, um, it's something worth sharing with the world. And we should be better in the da'wah that we do. Right? Uh, the, this world that we live in, we're not meant to live in it for ourselves. Right? I want to make money, get a good salary, buy a nice house, a nice car, and just me, 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 me. This is not the way we should live. Rather, we should live the way that the best of men live, the prophets, which is that they took care of those around them. They took care of those around them. They didn't exploit others. And this is why systems of exploitation, systems of exploitations are prohibited. Alcohol and gambling and interest. And then we are then told people are also not allowed to exploit others. These ayats are about the exploiting of orphans. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this religion, it sorts you out from the macro level, removes all systems of oppression, economic oppression and injustice, and any other type of injustice, and then commands you as an individual to not commit any injustice, and if you do, you'll face the consequences on the Yom Al-Qiyamah. And that shows you that it's uh, on an individual basis, you need to be careful. And if we apply the laws of Allah on a societal basis, we'll be okay as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a society that applies these laws and benefits from them. May Allah forgive our shortcomings and our sins and make us among those that take care of those around us. And may we never be tested with the addiction to these, these great evils like alcohol and gambling. I conclude here, inshallah ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum hadha wa akhir da'wani. Alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.